Sweet. All right. So I, the podcast, I called it fun stuff. I think it's episode seven or eight. We're not sure. But anyways, I, I figured out somewhere along the lines to, to take someone's terrible advice and do everything kind of shitty. That was, yes. that was the preamble. I think generally, yes, I, I, I'm learning to see that generally that that's okay. However, yeah, I think this week specifically, I spent the majority of my time doing support because sometimes you walk into a situation not knowing how shitty something is. And so then you kind of get blown away by how bad something is. And I think that was just something that I had to, to be okay with um, this week. So for context, we're talking about work clout, which we bought, was it a month ago already? Um, yes. About in December. A little less than a month ago. Yeah. You know, you said something earlier this week that I honestly hadn't thought that much about. I don't know if this is arrogance or naivete, probably a bit of both. You think of like software as these kind of relatively complex systems, right? And, and it is a system with some kind of like flow chart and there's processes and whatever. There's all this, there's all this like normal computer science shit, but like the sales side of the house, or let's say the non-engineering side of the house has just as much stuff if not more. And to be honest, in some ways it's a lot harder because like I can just write code for stuff, but it's hard to like get when one of those nodes in the process diagram is like a person and you need mm -hmm. the person to like get a thing done. Yeah. Well, it's, I guess if I were to describe it with one word, I think code, you can figure out a lot more context on your own. Um, whereas when you're customer facing context is less in your control, especially when you weren't the one that built it. Um, yeah. And yeah, I think that's where a lot of that work is where I just have to, because for me, like, I don't want to be the new person that assumes a bunch of things and then really like, you know, presents a really bad step forward uh, when our opportunity here is to really grow this really quickly and really effectively for ourselves and for our customers. And so yeah, that context component is, is not in your control as a non-engineer. Because for you, like if something is broken, generally speaking, you can go dig through the code and figure out some context to help you figure out the outcome or the solution. It's less that way. It takes a little bit more time. Yeah, I had a meeting today about uh, Sentiment Investor. So this guy, he runs something called GameStonk Terminal, uh, which is like an A-plus fucking great name. I love that name. Uh, it's just this open source. So that, the idea for this guy's company is that like all of these APIs and everything in fintech for like financial data are extremely expensive. Like getting access to real, real-time stock prices is like, I don't know, $20,000 or $25,000 for a license. Um, it's just like stupid expensive. And so he's like, I'm going to make everything kind of open source and free. Yeah. They want to use sentiment investor. And he said a bunch of people come to, I don't know, reach out to him and say like, I want to trade based on sentiment data, but yeah, I opened the conversation with li listen, like we didn't get much of a handoff from like the previous owners. I don't know what the fuck they signed with you. I don't know what they told you, but like mm. clean slate, my man, I don't know what the hell's going on, but like. I'm here for you. Like, let's go figure it out. And then he was, he was a super cool guy. We just, you know, sorted it out from there. Yeah. Do you think that's, I guess, what would you like, how did that happen? Like, you know, that's obviously something, 
you know, that would say it's fairly unique and, and one-off, but like, what, what would you say was the reason that it, you know, was able to go to square one, but start off on a really good foot? Like, is it because they had a really good experience with sentiment investor before? Did they no, just like they you personally, you think maybe, or like, Oh, I don't know if I think that highly of myself to say that, like, <laughs> he like, oh, looked at my beautiful face and thought like, oh, <laughs> I should be Let's nice. Give this another chance. Yeah, yeah no, I have, I have no idea. I just, you know, I do this with like cold email for the, on those sales calls too. Like, I don't know, just be, I, I try and be funny. Uh, and then, but mostly just be honest, right? Like, yeah, yo, we, we got no handoff from these guys. I literally have no idea what you have been told and talk about like laziness too. Like that's, that, that's an example. So like the idea that I'm going to go spend like four hours and dig through like old emails, I am just not wired to do that. I'm pretty sure at this, the, the ripe age of 33, I'm like incapable of doing a task like that. <laughs> but I, I would actually say that because I'm the complete opposite where like every conversation, even that person, that person has had no conversation with me. And this, this happened, you know, the past two weeks, you know, countless times where person I'm talking to has no idea who I am. It's the first time that I'm introducing myself, but I've over-prepared. And, you know, so I, I, but, but yet I approach the conversation to say, Hey, I know nothing about this. And I think, I think they can kind of tell that like, I kind of do know. And, uh, sometimes my questions are fairly, uh, they're leading like, questions. They're kind of leading questions. Yeah, and yeah, so yeah. I've had to catch myself a little bit <laughs> to like, to then actually admit that like, Hey, here's what I know. And then like t- being a more honest then and saying like, help, can you help me validate if this is correct? You know, are you having this experience? Blah, blah, blah. But I've tried to fake it. And it's been, <laughs> I've had to admit my, to myself that it's like, that's not, uh, that's not helpful. Yeah. I mean, part of the problem, and I guess the reason I take that stance by default, just like the, I don't know what the hell's going on by default is because I have like a Calendly. And so like random people will like find that fucking link and like book shit, Mm -hmm. like from two weeks from now, Yeah, I'll have tweeted with them like six months ago. And there I, it's like, I'll do 10 a day sometimes. And they're like back to back. And so I just show up and I'm like, listen, I don't know if I'm like buying something from you. I don't know if you're selling something to me right now, or like, I'm trying to sell something to you. Like, can we, can you just give me the context for how the fuck we came to be on this conversation? Most people are like, yeah, no worries. I get it. Like, blah, blah. And I'll be like, oh, okay. Yeah. That that rings a bell or sometimes not. And I'm like, listen, I have no idea. I have no idea how we got here, but great to meet you. What's going on. I would say though, um, and you, I guess you tell me, but, Generally, I would say out of the three of us, including Henry, um, you take the most and probably the most effective set of notes. And maybe that's maybe that's a part of it where like because you walk into things not knowing, like you sort of have to have some sort of way to retain the thing so mm-hmm. you can reference it at some point. I don't know. Like I would say because your notes are always, you know, helpful and, and necessary and usually always catches something that I didn't on my notes. And so. I don't know. Maybe that's a good balance. Hmm. Yeah. That's only with this, by the way, I take no notes anywhere else for anything <laughs> else. It's, it's exclusively for like our exo diligence calls that I take the notes mostly because I think what it is, is like, we've been burned a couple of times after like 
you know, like you have a seller on the line, they're very invested in making sure that you feel like this is a great buy, right? Like they want to close the deal. They want to, they want us to buy their thing. Mm-hmm. And so I know now that we've done this a few times that like, that might be the only time we talk about that thing. Yep. And so in three months when I'm trying to fucking do something, I'm like, oh yeah, right. Like he said that on that call or something about this. And I checked the notes and I'm like, um, you know what it is? It's, it's like thinking about future Andrew and like, I know how frustrated present Andrew is with the world. And like, I just want future Andrew to have like a slightly better time of it. Mm. Um, you know, that's, that's how I like, that's how I think about it. It's like being nice to my future self. Mm. I feel like that's considerate of you. Yeah. Yeah. It is considerate. Um, but yeah, dude, overall, like my question for you in the context of us, like, we're going to try and buy more things this year. How do you feel about transitioning from operating work cloud kind of day to day, right? Like effectively you're the CEO of work cloud. Um, I feel like I, for whatever reason, don't mind bouncing between companies and code bases. Like it just doesn't bother me that much. I don't know if it's because I've been doing it for a long time or, or what, but it just doesn't bother me that much to be like, Oh, like, yeah, let me fix this thing over here. Spend two hours on work cloud. Boom. Let me switch to sentiment investor and like push this thing out. Oh shit. I just remembered like there's a bug over here, but we're going to be doing that for a while on devs. And like, I think that's fine. We have Diego now first full-time full stack, full-time developer, which is phenomenal. He's kind of getting ramped up. Um, So I feel like what I'm, what I'm asking is like, I, on the dev side, we're going to spend this next month probably the most time on work cloud. That's what I've been doing for the past couple of days. And like a couple of weeks is the most time I'm spending now on, on work cloud. Mm-hmm. Um, but at a certain point, right? Like our bug board is going to get like smaller and smaller and there'll be like feature requests, but nothing burning, like no fires to put out. Um, so I feel like at a certain point we'll be able to say, cool. I think Diego and myself have capacity to go buy some else because the ramp up time takes like two, three months. And then once we kind of like know our way around the code base, yep. we can start to think about buying a new one. But for you, do you feel like you have a clear path to how you're going to like set work cloud on a trajectory, um, maybe hire someone to kind of take that on or not, or just be like, okay, I know work cloud enough and it's kind of on a trajectory that I can think about buying something else now. There's definitely a point where that handoff feels easier and natural. And I think that point comes when uh, I've set my brain, like the th- these three like business related components to be stable. And when I say stable, I mean, you know, when it was handed off, uh, you know, it was uh, a little bit messy and maybe not uh, optimized. So just tweaking a couple of those things. And I think those are especially for a work cloud, like billing uh, and making sure, you know, payment and subscriptions are all running in an automated or as automated of a fashion for all of our customers. So there's no late payments. Um, That's, you know, sales and making sure that whatever that funnel is and however we want to run that funnel, whether it includes, it's fully automated, it includes some human touch points, whatever it is, that that is, you know, stable and straightforward and operating and then just support that you know we the customers know where to go for what and what escalation looks like and i think once those three things are at a point where 
um, they're, they've been repeated, you know, many times and nothing breaks, I'd be ready to, you know, and I think it's ready to be handed off. Um, I just think it's a little, everyone tries at this stage, like everything is built on something being figured out. And so there really isn't a lot of like process or stability. So just building those things for each of those three core kind of operations of the business, then I think it'll be ready to go. Do you feel like that will involve hiring people? Yes. But I don't think it needs to be one per per process. I bet one person could do all three potentially um, with some of our shared resources. You know, and I think depending on how automated we want certain things to be, like do we want to, you know, improve sort of the product-led strategy that this potentially has, you know, things like that, you know, decisions that we want to make on, yeah, what the customer experience is. I think we can try to automate it because, you know, I think there's some opportunity there, but um, uh, yeah, I definitely think there's a requirement for a human, um, but one that could potentially do all three. Do you feel like that person would be more of a CEO or actually more of a sales? I think what was the term that we used? GM. I mean, I think that's a great term. I mean, would it be a salesperson? That's probably for me personally, like that's what I think this or any of our businesses need needs the most of is more revenue. Yeah. So like that would be like for me right now, like I'm just trying to figure out billing, catch up on, you know, our like accounts receivables and get support to a place where bugs that were promised to be squashed are squashed. Yeah. And then I want to shift all of my focus to like, how do we grow this thing? How do we, you know, uh, you know, help uh, increase all of our customers' contract values. And like, for me, it's just, I, I need to get to that point as quickly as I can. So maybe I, I would say maybe, maybe that it's a salesperson because that to me is what's most exciting. Do you feel like three months is a good time frame to get a system like that up and running? Yes. Yeah. The reason I, I ask about three months is like, if we're going to try and do, I think last year I was like, oh, let's do one a month. And I think if we were buying like sheet best type things, we could do one a month if we buy them right. I, I don't even know. I'm looking at micro acquire right now. Dude, I don't even know if there are 10 we could buy. Mm. One we could buy a month. Uh, I mean, maybe there are, but like literally spoke with somebody today, they make 32,000 in annual revenue asking price, $500,000. Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. Like, people I think are just like, make, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. It's like, I don't know where they get the, the, the huevos to, to list a big fat number like that with so fucking little revenue. They're all living in venture land is what they are. They're like, bootstrappers but then they think oh when it comes to like valuations where this like unicorn uh or where like this silicon valley you know fucking highfalutin startup it's crazy but yeah a work cloud type product like if we take if we bought more of those which are arguably better buys in some ways um actually i don't know tbd on if they're yeah. better buys for us but um do you I'm feel less, like I'm less confident that it's the 
like I think I was in the beginning very gung-ho that WorkCloud is the right buy for us, but I'm I've taken a like step step back from that confidence just a little bit. At the I had always seen the smaller ones as being much easier. Uh, not smaller ones, sorry, self-serve ones as being much easier, right? So we buy a sheet bass tomorrow. Uh, our shared services team looks very different than if we keep buying work cloud type products. Not necessarily that one's better, uh, right. right? Like per on like a dollar, on like a dollar per headcount basis, I think work cloud will win uh, like this year with you at the helm. But if we were to buy sheet best and uh, I, I don't know, 10 more sheet best then our shared services model, I think the one missing component we don't have today would be a content. Uh, mm -hmm. content piece and like a proper like marketing function because I don't uh, I don't know how to do that really or if I do I just don't want to I'm, I'm just not that good at it mm. yeah I mean going back to it to your question of like oh is this person sort of a salesperson I think I want to just say yes like uh, a lot of the dev you know con content which again you said you know for us right now we don't have and then you know support those are all shared resources that we have and that we can deploy um, even for something like a work cloud. And we've seen that over the past couple of days and how, to be honest, like how, how quickly we push things out um, and how well we're communicating with customers. But um, yeah, sales will be sort of the, the X factor, but, you know, I wholeheartedly believe um, whether it's myself or, you know, somebody that we bring on that they would incrementally uh, add to the value of the business and for me personally, it's just the predictability or the, the, the predictability of like, you know, how, how to grow. Um, just because I'm not a marketer, I'm not, you know, not a product like led person, so to speak. And so for me to comfortably and confidently know how the thing is going to grow, like I like to have a salesperson at the helm. So, um, yeah, I think having that person at the end of 90 days would be a, a successful or it would be an optimal goal to have. I think if we're next company, what are we buying? Are we buying self-serve or are we buying uh, something with a sales function? I think probably another, uh, a self-serve, but a bigger one. Bigger self-serve with, yeah. With more ARR. Bigger than work club. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I think I am, I am in agreement and that like, we really haven't been forced to have and figure out the content piece. And I think it's probably worth figuring that out sooner rather than later. And, you know, having, you know, like a product led company in our portfolio that requires that to grow, that would probably push us to figure that out sooner rather than later. And that's going to be a big piece of how, how we win um, with some of these smaller ones, I think. Yeah. I, I'm, so when we have done content, we've done maybe five blog posts that are like from somebody else that wrote it and we posted it. And so like, we have like a little bit of a flywheel. My problem is I just don't have enough personal time to like man the shop. So we've found developers who are also writers that have written articles uh, we hired them. We like, you still have to project manage them. And that is the part that I feel like I'm not confident we can outsource to anyone, but like myself or yourself. 
at, at the moment, right? Because I, I did it and then I like took my eye off the ball and the stuff that we got back from these guys after we paid them was like between just garbage and like totally useless mm. in some cases. Some of them were very good. Uh, and maybe, I don't know, all of this is just like a capital inefficient thing. But um, so I feel like it wouldn't be that hard for us to stand up that motion. And it's just like keeping your eye on the ball and having somebody that we trust, like just making reading the fucking articles and making sure that like, oh yeah, there's value here. Like, no, this is just like a total ripoff of like this other dude's medium mm -hmm. article. Like we definitely can't post this. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't, uh, I don't think that there's, I don't think that that one would be actually that difficult. Yeah. Be expensive, but I don't think it would be that difficult. Yeah. And I think the faster we spin that up more consistently, you know, the other portfolios will benefit, but I, you know, like I think getting another, uh, getting a larger ARR self-serve, like product led type of company, like that one is probably a, a good one to get next, but I don't know. I, I, I think one of our, I guess, points uh, or pillars, I guess, is that, you know, we try to find those companies that uh, had a little like, uh, inflection or a little lightning in a bottle, um, or, you know, it's a, just a very unique circumstance. And I, I think that's, that's also something that we can't really predict. Right. So, and I think that's a cool way to, and it kind of aligns with why we exist in the first place. So who knows, it could be another, another YC company that, you know, serves small to medium sized businesses with higher ticket, uh, contracts. Who knows? Yeah, I, I've been having conversations with some potential investors for whenever we start syndicating deals. The reality is like when we go to look on MicroAcquire, Twitter, wherever, we don't know what is going to be available. And if it just so happens that we get a great price, find a great product for a great price, I feel like we don't have the luxury to say, Oh, but it's not this, right? Because if we do that, I mean, I, you you weren't quite around when we were doing this right at the beginning, but we sat for like four, like two, I don't know, maybe two, three months and, and didn't buy a, a damn thing because we couldn't find anything that like met the thesis. And mm -hmm. since then I've been like, everyone always asks like, so, you know, what is your thesis? And I'm like, listen, the reality of this is like, I don't know that we can have one yet. I would love to have one. It would be so nice to be like, we buy climate tools right and it's like is this a climate tool yes sweet we'll take a look at it right like it's, it's yeah but like i don't think that we can afford to do that because if something comes up tomorrow on on micro choir that's like slightly too big or slightly too small but it's a great price um and like we feel like we could execute well on it we should buy that yeah it is it is tough um and you know like last night for example you know i think looking back on it we probably could have saved that conversation um, with that person, even our own time, recognizing like that there was like literally no growth for the period that it was. However, you know, we've bought companies that didn't have growth or didn't have substantial rev like revenue. And um, so like the, yeah, the fact that like, you know, it's hard to assess something just based off of, you know, what we see on the micro acquire listing or even the first conversation you know, sort of proves uh, that we still sort of 
haven't figured it out or don't, don't, don't know yet, like what, what it is. And to your point, like we probably shouldn't pigeonhole ourselves at this point um, to, to that sort of hypothesis or thesis or whatever. Well, onward and upward then we'll, we'll figure it out as we go, but uh... yeah, but 90 days uh, I think, I think is a good timeline to be prepared to hand it off. And I think that's, that's, that's what I'm marching towards. I think 90 days is a little aggressive. I think 90 days is like a North star. Once we have done this a few times, I don't think we'll get there in 90 days. Just the reality of the cash flow and having to hire um, like this GM position, mm-hmm. which jury's still out on whether that could be somebody that's a little bit junior. Um, like we had a great guy that just applied. Yeah, um, I saw. Yeah. Um, like, he, oh man, fuck that. It's those kinds of things that make me want to just be like, okay, fuck it. Like, let's go raise a bunch of money and just go be, um, like a kind of, I don't know, a venture backed startup that buys other venture backed start. Right. Like yeah, go and do that because we would just be able to grab these really great people. We could be a little bit less price sensitive. Um, yeah. and the growth, like, I don't think if you keep, if you project that forward, the farthest it can go, I'm talking about becoming XO, becoming a public company, which, you know, one day, Allah willing, that would be fucking awesome. Yeah. I would love that. Um, I don't think the market would be as price sense, uh, as sensitive to like a, a very large valuation if we posted real revenue with real growth. Mm. Um, and maybe we could be able to be both giving these guys really great exit numbers um, and also, you know, being good to our shareholders too. Yeah. I like it and think it makes sense. My goal will be that not 90 days to have that person and have the cash to hand it off, but have those three sort of processes straightened up. So whenever we do figure it out, it'll be ready to get handed off. Love it. Yeah. Yeah. And on the dev side, it's not like, I was a real hero here. I mean, I think I, I took down production for 30 minutes, an hour the other day. It's all good. Yeah. <laughs> it's happened once for every acquisition we've done. Like, I don't know what it is, but there's just a point where like, I mean, you know, we ask people to like document stuff, but like, I know how that is. It's like, none of it's like super documented. So yeah, inevitably I've taken down production on everything we've bought for like at least an hour, Yeah, if not, if not longer. Yeah. It's interesting. I mean, we've, it's the nature of what we're taking on. Like we're, it's funny just cause I think it goes along with the idea that like, we don't have a thesis and maybe, and I don't think we should at this point because the companies that we're buying, to be honest, like, it's not like they've figured anything out or <laughs> they might probably wouldn't be listed, you know, or like available to sell. I think that, that to me was just like, what we're buying is just, you know, for lack of a better word, just like a pile of shit. It's just a degree of whether it's really bad or really good shit. And, you know, there, and then just trying to sift through and, you know, make what you can and then convert it into, you know, really good, really good soil and fertilizer. Well, the, I mean, that's not quite true. Like we're buying, we're buying, we're buying cash flow. Uh, yes. We're buying cash flow. So it's like, yeah, I mean, all these things are in various states, but, The thing, the thing I still go back to is like, other than that kind of like, you know, lightning in a bottle type type thing that we're just capturing, I'm, you know, building your way into some kind of product market fit is just a messy, just a messy process. Yeah, there's almost no way 
to do it with like a single clean code base. At oh, like totally. No way. So I don't really, I never get in there and like resent. Oh yeah. Previous owners, unless it's in like a language, I just don't like them. Like, I don't care, but yeah. And I don't, and you know, I don't mean that in a negative way at all. Like for me, I, I love the zero to one. I love, you know, we thought we were talking about pricing the other day. Like, you know, I love that things are like one off, you know, or things are, uh, you know, it's like, why the heck did this happen? You know, like that's, that's what for me personally makes it really fun, um, to see experimentation and tests. So to me, that is not a negative. Uh, it's just the nature of what it is at this point. Um, yeah. So I'm going to, I'm going to cut it off from here, but, uh, Henry's going to join us now, but, uh, Super excited and happy, man. It's been a killer first couple of weeks. I like it here and uh, we'll keep it going.